If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is not the Midweek War. This is something different. Um, basically, wrestling in the midweek is kind of boring this week. Uh, TNA is a repeat, or a recap. ROH is a recap. NXT is a recap. So, <laughs> we decided to do something a little bit different. Um, we are going to hop in our TARDISes, and, uh, we are going to time travel to the year 2002. Um, a, a very special thing happened in the year 2002, but before we get to that, uh, with me is the voice of Inspire Pro Wrestling, um, Amy Payton. Why did I do this? <laughs> I, I will say this was your idea uh, for for this podcast. Can we call you NW Amen? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> why not? Um, yeah, this is a show. <laughs> this is the thing we're talking about right now. <laughs> and, oh boy! And uh, also with us is the man who likes Impact Wrestling, Antonio Garza. I am the man who likes Impact Wrestling, but I'm still not sure if I like Asylum Wrestling. <laughs> um, oh man! And and we we've I mean if if you can see the title for this, you know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, TNA, in their infinite wisdom and in their possibility that they weren't going to get another TV deal, they started uploading their old Asylum episodes to YouTube. And, oh, man, are they a delight. I, I love it, because it's like their idea of being like, hey, guys, you know, I mean, in theory, it's their idea of being like, hey, guys, look at our history. Look at, you know, mm-hmm. our, our, our older stuff. Yeah, yeah. you YouTube is the TNA network. Oh, boy. For only free, free, free. If there's anything that, you know, can get people, you know, interested in sort of the past of an organization, get someone to invest in an organization, this is not it. Okay. <laughs> Six years is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, the, the best way to close out 2015 is by watching the first ever episode of TNA. Because uh, what we're going to do is um, Garza's going to lead us through this show segment by segment. And Amy and I are going to break it down CSI style. And we're going to find out exactly what went wrong with TNA. Believe me, it will not take us long to figure it out. <laughs> But um, so Garza, uh, let let's start us off. How how did this hot product, this hot company, this hot wrestling promotion start us off? Alrighty, well, uh, to to be uh, we are in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah, uh, so we're keeping a mind, hot they, bit of professional wrestling. They, they call yeah. this the asylum years, but technically this is not the asylum. Yeah, we're not yet at the actual asylum. <laughs> But uh, so it, it already, already, 
TNA from the future has fucked up their past. <laughs> but uh, the, the crowd definitely feels uh, they belong in the asylum. So uh, <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised this crowd just wasn't chanting Jerry, Jerry, oh, Jerry yeah. all night long. Uh, <laughs> show starts off with the NWA uh, signature, followed by a bunch of uh, video game themes and the TNA logo. Uh, <laughs> We have Don West come out, and he introduces Ferrara, who is okay. wearing a Hawaiian shirt, blue glasses, and dreadlocks. Okay, so this is my, my first couple notes. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote, Ed Ferrara makes a TNA joke two minutes into the show. Yep. Yep. Like, yeah. And it's not even like a wealth. He's like, I'm not talking about total non-stop action. You know what I'm talking about, yes, and we know what you're talking about. And thus the problems begin. And then I just wrote, Ed Ferrara is already pissing me off. Ed Ferrara has already ruined this company, because if you thought it would stand for total non-stop action, you are incorrect, because they will remind you of boobs and butts the entire night. Ed Ferrara is probably... I, it's, it would take me hard to find like a kind of like worse... Thing like a person who's made the worst like indelible mark in wrestling, at least on screen, at least even because I mean this is Oklahoma. Like this is <laughs> like the Ed Ferrara that he's portraying is like Michael Hayes on acid trip. It's let's Michael. Be, let's be yes. fair. It's Michael Hayes plus Jerry Lawler plus Joe Gertner, who by the way we will see later in the night. We're going to see a lot of people from companies that ended in CW. Drink every time the announcers say, hey, this person was in this company. Oh, my God. No, do not do that. Do not. Unless you are drinking something like this, do not do that. You will go to the hospital. You will go to the hospital because it happens quite a bit. Hmm. Okay, so... And Ferrara comes out. Then what? Uh, Ferrara comes out. Uh, he introduces Mike Tanay, uh, who in contrast is wearing a tuxedo. And then they are going to introduce the NWA legends. Uh, names include Harley Race, Story Funk, Jackie Fargo, Bob Armstrong, Corsica Joe, Sarah Lee, Bill Barons, and Ricky the Dragon's Emote. And and that's I, when I that's when I know ten wrestling. It, uh, they give you a shot of like the hard the hard cam or whatever with everyone in the ring. And I just wrote ten wrestling legends in the ring as a cage dancer looks on in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to point out how many of these wrestling legends had matches well after their debut in TNA, <laughs> including oh. Bull Bob Armstrong in an arm wrestling match inside Six Sides of Steel. Uh. <laughs> also. Can I point out that Ricky Steamboat looks better now than he did in 2002? Yeah. How is, how yeah. is that possible? It's very weird. It's the I, we need to know the ways of the dragon. That's really it. <laughs> well, they're, they're out here to introduce that uh, there's going to be a gauntlet match for the vacant NWA uh, world title at the end of the show. Already, uh, they don't know what a gauntlet is. Well, they're, they're calling it their thing. <laughs> At least, at least, I'll give you this. Uh, they maintained that definition throughout all the years. So yes, that's that, props. That that's incorrect props. definition. <laughs> that's like that's like me saying literally when I mean figuratively. Just because they changed the definition doesn't make it correct. 
Well, basically, it's basically their way of saying Royal Rumble without saying Royal Rumble, which is not a big thing in this show. But, which but it's is, not which even is, a Royal Rumble. It's like they're it in a pinfall. I know, but like, this, if you notice a lot during this show, it's a lot of dancing around what they can and cannot say from other organizations. <laughs> There's a lot of dancing around in this show. We'll uh, say that. Oh man. I also, I, I also note that you slowly start to see how there's such a lack of an executive producer on this show. I, I would I would say there's a lack of a producer on this show. Let the, 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 production, the production in general on this show is awful. Mm-hmm. Just can't, with as far as like camera which, cuts. Which I mean, it's their first show. I get it. That's fine. But how far? This was in 2002. We're in 2015. Yeah. It hasn't changed all that much. Like just and just like mic issues, and then like I'll I'll get into some of the other ones later, but yeah, it's just you start to see it here that it's like they are running live too. Yeah, exactly. It's like you could tell they weren't really ready for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, right, so, so I, uh, yeah, uh, the, as these guys come out, uh, they're introduced to Gauntlet, and a pissed off Jeff Jarrett comes out because. Uh, defending the title in a Royal Rumble, a.k.a. Gauntlet, is a disrespect for the title. And I actually kind of agree. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, Jarrett, so, Jeff Jarrett drops so many truths in this. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, here's the thing. Not only do you agree, so does Ken Shamrock and so does Scott Hall. Because yes. I, I noted the three top guys say that winning a title in a battle royal sucks. Way to sell it, boys. Uh-huh. The first booked match in TNA is immediately said to be horrible. Yeah, they immediately crap on it. <laughs> like, the faces and the heels. The faces and the yeah. heels. Like, uh, just... Th- this is where you go wrong with your product. Like, this is how we're opening a new company. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys. Remember when ECW first booked their first show and then, like, Tommy Dreamer came out and said, oh, this is a shit. Alright. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, Jared and Jackie Fargo uh, came to words. I, I don't think anything important came out of that. Uh, so, we go to the back. Uh, and there's there's this girl called Goldilocks. Um, all right, I I have I have something to say about Goldilocks. I I think Goldilocks is the beta Velvet Sky. Yes. <laughs> However, as I was gonna mention probably later on, Goldilocks is really good at her job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll I'll grant you that. Um. Like interviewing people and facial expressions. Yeah, Velvet Sky on the other hand, well, she has a cool ring entrance, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and who does Goldilocks interview? Well, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, Sorg, we know you're watching this. This one's for you, buddy. <laughs> Yes, because Goldilocks is introducing Puppet the Cycle Dwarf. And <laughs> let me quote, let's start to show off with midgets because midgets are the true star of this country. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. And um, 
Puppet says he wants midget blood. Midget blood. Midget blood. Yeah. Uh, this, this didn't, this didn't uh, last long because we had a quick cut to big boob girls dancing in cages. Okay, now, um, I need to mention this. There are a lot of cuts to women dancing in cages. Garza, uh, if you want to guess for the hour and 45 minute runtime of this YouTube show, how many different cuts to women dancing in cages are there? I'm talking camera cuts. I'm not talking like segments of prolonged dancing. I'm talking camera cuts to different women in cages. Uh, I, I didn't count them, but I'm going to say around 15. You are very close, sir. There are 16, <laughs> 16 different cuts. camera cuts to women dancing in cages. Now, granted, I believe they only have two women dancing. Yeah, I think it wanted to. So they're just going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And honestly, they look like the most disinterested strippers I've ever seen in my natural lifetime. Yeah, it, you, you can tell it's the, the what's left over from the Nitro Girls. Like, I don't even think it's that. I don't <laughs> even think it's that because I would have recognized some of them. I think it's just... Someone, and I won't say who, Jeff Jarrett, went to a local establishment and said, hey, who wants to make $100 to be on live TV? Yeah, that's a good possibility, too. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to the first match of the history of TNA. And, <laughs> and this match is AJ Styles, uh -huh. Loki, and Jerry Lynn versus the Flying Elvises, and uh, the Flying Elvises are Jorge Estrada, Jimmy Wang, I mean Jimmy Yang. Here, or Jimmy Sony, Wang Yang. Yeah, future. <laughs> and Sony's Yaki. And this was awesome. Yes, th this was actually this was very awesome. good. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I had one note for this match, besides it being, like, this was total nonsense, like, there were no rest holds or nothing like that. Uh, Sonny Siaki hated his outfit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure all three of them I don't know. Like, Jimmy Jimmy Yang, I'm pretty sure was okay with it. Um, but Sonny Siaki, you can tell he wants to rip that thing off as soon as he got in the ring. And he realized, oh, wait, I can't actually move in this. Yeah. Hey, man, uh, uh, do you have any notes about on the AJ Styles, Loki, Lynn versus Elvis's match? Uh, I, I thought it was good. Um... Uh, I don't know if you guys started to mention, but Don West coming into play here. Um, he's very excited about everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, Don West excitable? Are you kidding me, Eamon? <laughs> it was a livelihood of TNA for years. <laughs> and it's it's just weird in the sense that, like, it, it's a very good match because, I mean, all, everyone in the match was talented, but, like, it's kind of dated in the sense, like, they weren't doing, like, the stuff you see, like, high-flying athletes kind of do nowadays and that have done since then, like, it's not bad match by any means, but it's just very kind of, you know, simple cruiserweight style, and Don West is losing it, like. Mm -hmm. Like, like, AJ does a Hurricane Rana, and he's like, oh my god, what's that move? It's like, <laughs> it's like the equivalency of, like, Kalisto doing the Selena Del Sol off the ladder from TLC. Yeah, but for, for, like, for, everything. for yeah. everything. For, like, a spine buster. Like, uh, it was, yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I wish that as a kid in 20... Well, this was 2002. 2002 yeah. 
I wish I would have seen this live because, I mean, I see the AJ Styles of, of today and he did similar moves uh, in this match. And I, I've always loved those matches. So I, I don't know if I would be like super, super blown away by this match or if I would, I would have been like, oh, this is like cruiserweight or, or like heavyweight style wrestling. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure uh, four, at least four out of the six guys in this first match were all from WCW. Yes. Yeah. Actually, well, or ECW. Because yeah. Jerry Lynn was involved. I think everyone except Loki was in WCW. Was Jorge Estrada? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he probably was. Yeah. Probably on, like, okay. Saturday night or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because... Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we can continue on. Uh, they are announcing oh, but, that. But I'll also note, note that the Flying Elvises win the match. Note that the first person ever pinned in TNA history is AJ Styles. And also, no, but they also <laughs> mentioned that AJ, Loki, and Jerry and Psychosis are going to be in the X Division title match next week. So you have yeah. those three guys so, lose to the yeah, Flying so, Elvises. So let's, let's you know, let's push them. Let's put, <laughs> these guys are going to be in our big hot new division, and they lost. Yeah, actually, that was a theme during all the show because you can tell that for every match, there's an established gimmick that they want to put over, and then talented guys who they're getting to put the match. Because later on, we're gonna have the dicks defeating. Uh, hey, 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 hey! Not the dicks. The no, 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 the Johnsons. The Johnsons. The Johnsons. <laughs> have the dicks uh, are a completely different tag team that show up in the future. From this show, I bet they're the same tab team. Uh, I al- I also note that uh, they after this match they like they cut to like a wide shot of the build of the uh, crowd or whatever, and you just hear Ed Ferraro go quote Are we going to the ring now, me and Don? <laughs> like, <laughs> which they own, which clearly like I guess that like I'm assuming I guess there's some executive producer and they can talk to them via the headsets. No, I think he was just legitimately asking Mike Tanay. Uh, I think he was just legitimately asking Mike today. Also, when we get to the end of the show, we need to count how many people who were on the first episode of TNA who were on the last episode of TNA, because I think there's only one person. Well, there's technically, there's a few, but not as, as who yeah. they are. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, they're announcing that there's going to be a... Uh, Next edition title tournament next starting next week. I'm not sure if it's gonna be all one show or two several shows, but they announced it. Then we go on to the the match that defines uh, the country according to Puppet, uh, the midget match, Tio versus Hollywood. And uh, do you know what the first thing Mike Tanay says when this match starts? What was it? Well, in NWA TNA, we promised you a little bit of everything. Yeah. I also hey, so, know. I also know that uh, during the match, Mike Tanay starts comparing these guys to Rey Mysterio Jr. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to sell them as like competent athletes. Now I have a question: Had Mysterio debuted in WWE at this point? I don't think so, right? Uh, I, th- I think probably, he was. Probably, oh, actually, hold on. Yeah, what month? What month did this take place in? June, right? Uh, okay, yeah. So he definitely had because. Because Ray yeah. wrestled Angle at SummerSlam. I was gonna say he probably was just about to debut. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Ray wrestled Angle at SummerSlam 2002, so it had to be real close to this. But like, <laughs> these guys are terrible wrestlers, even for midgets. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like I know I'm Midget Wrestling. I know Midget uh, Wrestling isn't like catch as catch can or anything, but like these guys are awful. <laughs> I was gonna say like I'm not fully experienced on reviewing Midget Wrestling, uh, so I, I'm not really sure if, if that was like a four out of ten or a ten out of ten, uh, because I, I haven't seen much. Well, I mean, uh, of the midgets I've seen wrestle, this is the worst match I've ever seen. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, no, no, I mean, like, because we've seen some stuff in WWE, like, obviously, Lucha had Masqueria Sagrada. Um, like, I've seen a lot of short sleep Samson matches. He's, I think he's really interesting. I like watching his matches. Um, obviously, we had WLC. WLC <laughs> blows this shit out of the water. Yeah, yeah, Hornswoggle is like a Kurt Angle against these guys. <laughs> uh, but uh, hey, the, the, the people were into it, so I guess we'll give them that. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to say that a lot for this show, but keep yeah. in mind this is Huntsville. Like, and and yeah, keep yeah, in they, mind, they these people are into NASCAR, so <laughs> yeah. they like they driving in circles. Oh. Well, they uh, like driving in circles, and they hate the black man. They <laughs> Oh, we'll and, and I say the black man because there's only one. <laughs> we'll come to that in a little bit. But uh, next we have uh, Ed Ferrara and Don West, and oh. they're announcing the match of the year, a lingerie <laughs> battle royal. And hashtag, as you know it, hashtag the dudes, revolution. Yeah, as you know, the dudes in the arena popped hard for it. <laughs> I, I just noted with the lingerie battle royal thing and midget match one after another. God, we've come a long way in 2015. Yes, you know so, uh, it, it's things like this that make me appreciate Sheamus versus Randy Orton. Yeah, <laughs> and you guys know how much I love Sheamus versus. Keep Randy in mind, okay, so they start to introduce these girls, and then they start to have like the production issues again, where they would pan to one girl just standing there, and when they're introducing someone completely different. And you barely know who any of these girls are, so it's like so hard to keep track of. Let me, let me go through the list that I did. Uh, I have Francine, Miss Joni, Daphne. Now hold on, hold on. Do do any of these other people have other names? I, See, know, I know some of them do. Half of these people, though, I don't think had any wrestling experience. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm very sure of that. Because uh, we have a list three. Aaron, who I thought they said it was a, a cheerleader. Yeah, they said he was a Baltimore Ravens cheerleader. Yeah. When they Electra. said Baltimore Ravens cheerleader, I'm like, oh shit, they got Stacey Keebler. And then I'm like, no, wait. No, uh, they didn't. She, she had already debuted for WWE. Yeah, yeah. Electra, Tyler B. something, and then two girls that didn't catch their names. Hey, did you say Daphne? <laughs> yes, Daphne. Well, yeah. Daphne, it's, they say they, they, they say call her Shannon. But... Call her Shannon. Yeah, it's like it's just like generic women's names, and you get so lost in like who everyone is. Oh, and like, although I have to say, sub two thousand two Mickey James. Yeah, <laughs> but like her Daphne, and then like Francie and Electra, I think are the only ones that have like actual wrestling experience. Yeah, and, and Stuart and Martin. And Francie, and, uh, I was gonna say Francie and Electra. It's aren't wrestlers. Very limited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I would have preferred Beulah over Francine, for God's sakes. Uh, this is, yeah. Yeah, so uh, Francine cut a, a small fat promo on the ladies and Electrofire. Uh, they were supposed to be boobies, but I did not see boobies. So. Yeah, Electra also claimed, like, Electra 
what starts the cat fight is Electra telling Francine that she bankrupted ECW, which yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, and also <laughs> that there's no extreme in the name of this company. Yes, there, but there is TNA. Oh man! Like, also, I I have to say, um, before before we get to Don West copying all of the feels on Electra, uh, there was a guy in the crowd who went. They were showing you all the women. A guy, I'm not sure what his intent was, but he flashed his bare chest. <laughs> and I'm not sure if he was trying to just be a jackass on television, or if he thought that would make the women like be like, oh god, maybe we should do that too! <laughs> the- uh, I'm voting for the latter. Okay, while while we were all watching this show, uh, I was sending uh, uh, Mike and Tonio and everyone else on the show <laughs> clips of different people in the crowd <laughs> doing certain doing different things. It really it, it really is a testament to Alabama. The, the, yes. the crowd this crowd reminds me this crowd reminds me of a time when I was working at WWE and um I was watching an old NWA show from the mid eighties. And they introduced someone who was billed as from Alabama or Tennessee or somewhere in the South. And they just show to a redneck kid, like, with his face painted bright red. And he just screams at the face, Hey, you, go back to the North! And, And the kid was, like, 12 years old. And, oh, God. Like, it, it just reminded me of that. And I'm like... I I, for, I forgive Brooklyn from last night. Yeah, this really makes. I, I, for, I forgive Brooklyn from last night. It really makes every like thing seem so much better in retrospect. Yeah, they make the ECW arena look classy. They make the ECW arena look like Spago after a Broadway show. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. Um, and then I just noted after that: Do you really have to pan to the cage dancers in between every segment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Eamon, um, I believe you were muted for this. Uh, did you hear how many pans to, to the different cuts the cage dancers there were on the show? No, I didn't. Okay, take a guess. I'm gonna I'm gonna say fifteen. That was Garza's guess too, and you were so close. It's sixteen times. They all, also, all the women on the show, like not to knock them, but I mean, like Daffy and stuff, or I guess are different. But like, they mostly look the same. And we have like other women appear on the show in like side roles, and they like all look the same. And not, they're not like super attractive. You know what I mean? They're not like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt bad because um, Mickey James. Looked really awkward in there. Yeah, like yeah, she that, did, like she did not know what was going on, but she that knew and she Nikki James. Major. Daphne oh, no. and Nikki James were, were awkward. Well, that da- well Daphne has been on live TV before, so she was just trying to stand out, which I don't blame her for. It worked because she's Daphne and she's awesome, but everyone else just looks so out of place. Mm. Even Francine, who you can tell. He's getting forgot, a paycheck. Kind of forgot how to cut a promo. Yeah. Well, it's just generic, and it's just like, yeah. What more can you, you know, what more can you do? Yeah. All right. So uh, we cut to the back, and we have uh, Mortimer Plumtree, and he's going to tease a tag team, 
that owe him everything. Uh, and that was pretty much it. That, uh, just to, to sum up, this, I, I wrote a note that sum up this backstage interview as far as the storyline goes. Uh, I just wrote, a cricket-playing nerd has enslaved two jocks dressed as penises. Take notes, people. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now, um, what is a Mortimer plum tree? Do we do we know? Like, I, I'm looking up his Wikipedia. I see he's been in wrestling a long time. I've still yeah. never heard of him. Yeah, me either. And I believe if I'm correct in my TNA history as well, he would go on to manage AJ Styles to the X Division title. Yes. Um. Yes. That's where I remember correct. him from. You are correct. Like That's the only memory I have of him. Like this is at least like. The idea of him is somewhat interesting because they kind of hinted to like you know he's basically you know control or controlling these two guys and used to bully him in school or whatever, which I guess is kind of an interesting story. But like to just introduce that like just out of nowhere with like no like lead up, like you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of that we get tonight. We get we get stables and tag teams of people that we're just supposed to like know why they're together. Like, like yeah. why are the flying Elvises? Flying we'll get into <laughs> we'll later with uh, uh, James Mitchell's stable. It's like, oh, these people were together. Like, why? Yeah. yeah. See, the thing I didn't get, and I wonder if this is just current TNA's problem, they're referencing past shows. I, yeah. I don't know if they're referencing like old like NWA shows. Like, I'm, not, I'm not sure what they're referencing, but they're referencing a bunch of stuff. And I'm like... We don't know this stuff. Yeah. But all right. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Mortimer Plumtree. Yeah. So. Uh, I, this I, I, I just pictured him as Chris Nowinski. Is that bad? Kinda. I mean, no, it's not hard. But he also likes cricket. Like I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, he went to Harvard. Who doesn't play cricket at Harvard? What else do you do there? <laughs> Uh, okay, this is going to lead us into a match of the Johnsons with Warmer Plumtree versus Psychosis and Cowboy James Storm. Uh, quickly, I noted for these two, uh, Psychosis is dressed as a strip club's love seat. <laughs> which, which was the style at the time. Bravo, Eamon. <laughs> and then oh. I also I also noted that James Storm should bring back those fake guns. James Storm should also bring back the beardlessness. Oh, he look—he right. looks like a different person. He looks yes. fatter. Like yes. he looked fatter back then. Like I don't know if it's oh. just because he had like this short hair and like he seemed pudgier. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I—I kind of like the look. But no, yeah, bring back the because for those that didn't see it, he has basically guns that he shoots off and they basically shoot pyro. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's the old smoking guns gimmick. Yeah, but um. Also, I had to note, uh, when they're showing the intro of the Johnsons, which are two guys dressed as penises um, in giant flesh-colored onesies, do you know what the camera cuts to right away? Little children. <laughs> Little children. That, that's, that's what the camera cuts to, and it's the only time that we're showed little children are watching this. Not during, you know, like, Scott Hall, like, hey, kids like Razor Ramon. No. During the Johnsons, when I didn't even count the amount of dick jokes that were made. 
The commentary, well, they, they kind of make some, like, like, Johnson have, like, the Johnsons have, like, something about Johnsons having legs or something like that. And the Johnsons are rock hard. Stuff like that. But, like, also they're trying, like, they try to sell them as being, like, the actual threats. Like, they didn't know whether to just treat them as straight comedy acts or, like, to take them seriously. Yeah. It was very weird. <laughs> I made a note that, uh, those guys look really, really big, so if they really wanted to put them over, like they could have really made a really terrible team out of them without the the costumes. I need to look up who they are because it's like they... uh, I believe it, I believe they're called the Shane Twins. Hmm. Which is oh okay I I knew I recognized them. Do you remember? <laughs> no 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 their phys their physicality I recognized okay. it. Do you remember Jim and I? Yeah. Oh, is that, really? That's them. That's them. Oh. I was trying to think because I'm like, I know these aren't the dicks because that's too perfect. <laughs> How is that I, funny? How is it so funny? They were in I, the, they were technically in the same era as. The I know dicks. they're not the dicks, but I'm like, I recognize like what these guys look like, and yeah, Gemini, the fucking Gemini. Uh, speaking speaking of some of the stuff that you mentioned, like. Also, not to jump on you, Tanya, but... Oh, like, um, and a... also, hold on. Uh, the Shane Twins are no longer active in professional wrestling and currently, and currently work as bouncers as the, at the 2001 Space Odyssey Club in Tampa, Florida. Amazing. <laughs> um, uh, but just to also know that I'm actually... So a woman comes to ringside. Yes. Alicia. They say her name is yes, Alicia, and, and the... The quote is, this is Alicia. We've seen her in WCW and the WWF. What? We see, we've see. we seen her with the maestro. Well, that's the, I believe they said she was with the maestro in WCW, but they don't mention what she did in WWF. I think that's supposed to be Ryan Shamrock. It, is it? Oh, man. All right. I'm just... I'm that's just... the only one I can think of Like that looks vaguely like her. And oh, I, 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 oh, actually, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I, I guess they didn't want to mention, oh, that was Ryan Shamrock in the WWF because yep. we got Ken you are, on the show. You are entirely correct. Oh, and, a... and uh, her name, <laughs> thanks to Wikipedia, I found out how they spell her name in this. It's A-L-E-E-S-H-A. -E -E that's not how you spell Alicia. <laughs> nope, that's not even close. That's not even close. But that's the weird thing with this is, like, they'll mention people's... Like, they'll mention the past stuff, but it's, it's like, almost breaking kayfabe. Like, your first night in, they're being like, this person was, you know, the maestro's, you know, symphony or whatever. This person also did other stuff here. They're doing completely different oh. stuff now. Oh, yeah. Amen. They break, they break kayfabe all the time during this match. This is the first time they say swerve. Oh. <laughs> I guess that. Because the Johnsons might try to swerve the referee by, by tagging in and out. And also... They just basically said what Psychosis' real name is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you know what? Hey, remember that guy, Undertaker? Yeah, he's also known as Mark Calloway. Go figure! That's, a, that's that weird 1999 period where he was like, wasn't Biker-Taker, but kind of was Biker-Taker. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Mark. Angry Mark. <laughs> Booger Red. Um, <laughs> Booger Red. Oh, Jesus. But, okay, yeah. so for uh, some reason, the ref paid Alicia for the match. I, I, 
I think. Um, do you know why? You know why? I have a theory. I have a theory. Do you know who that ref was? Well, it's not Nick well, Patrick, so... That was Slick Johnson! God, Slick Johnson's been playing for the I time. fucking hate Slick Johnson! At least he wore goddamn pants! <laughs> yeah. I also just noted that the longest-running TNA wrestler's first match in TNA was getting beat by two dickmen. I was gonna say, yeah. The second person to ever be pinned in TNA is James Storm. Also, also <laughs> besides the main... Not to spoil the rest of the card, but besides the main event, all the heels go over tonight. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the note I was making earlier that you have all this uh, established like gimmicks they want to put over over like a bunch of guys that are eventually going to be the future of, of TNA and wrestling, I guess. Because, uh, well, after this, uh, we go into a backstage segment with Hillbilly Team. Okay, uh, I I didn't all right. I didn't know who these guys were. One of them's Trevor Murdoch. I I legitimately asked, are these the Briscoes? <laughs> legitimately, <laughs> like I knew I, I, I was like ninety seven percent sure that neither of them were a Briscoe. But I was, I was still curious because I'm like. It it looks accurate. One well, one of them like I said, one of them yeah, Trevor Murdoch. Yeah, I thought one of them looked like Trevor Murdoch, and I'm like, there's no way that's young Trevor Murdoch. And yeah. I'm like, is is the other one Mark Briscoe? And the, yeah, I, I don't know. Be surprised. I have no clue who the other one is. But uh, it's uh, stand up. Yeah. Get it? Yep. Stand up. Hold up. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> TNA is a flat circle. 2015. Drew Galloway. Stand up. <laughs> TNA's <laughs> the Mobius strip. Oh my God, we have, we are through the looking glass, people. That's the one thing I'll never get about like WCW slash TNA is like their affiliate affi affinity with pun names. <laughs> hey, well WWE has WWE has their share. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Eamon, everyone loves puns. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone loves puns. Except for DJ Lunchbox. But uh, yeah, they basically okay. So they try to they try to drink or whatever in the locker room, and then some official I can't remember who comes up to him. Oh, and, okay, and they and he says, "quote We don't want any intoxicated wrestlers out in our ring." And I just noted, you know, Scott Hall is here. Right? <laughs> I have the same note. <laughs> I have the same exact note written down. I'm like, the official warns people about drink, drinking wrestlers, like. Scott Hall's already been on the show. Did we also know what their uh, their uh, girlfriend slash cousin's name is? Um, uh, yes, I had that, it. Fluff. Oh, fluff, fluff up. Fluffed up. Get it? Get it? Fluffed <sighs> up. Because because that that's that's the thing. Hmm. Although I don't get bowed up. Bowed up is not a pun. Like bowed, like like it doesn't. But like bowed well, but it's not even. I don't know. No, it's um, like like I. It, they're either trying to do Dukes of Hazard, or they're trying to do pun names, but they can't do both. But like, I, and maybe I'm wrong because I didn't watch. I don't really watch Dukes of Hazard, but like Dukes of Hazard plus the overtone of incest. Yeah, like they're just basically, and and the announcers are just like. That's their cousin, who they also sleep with. Although, 
<laughs> there was a pretty good line in commentary, like, I wonder what their family tree looks like. It's probably a stump. <laughs> that's a great line. That's an that's a, that's a line great line. Yeah. yeah. I can't I can't give them that. <laughs> I mean it's it's also a um a uh, Jeff Foxworthy joke. If yeah. your family tree does not fork, you might be a dub. Can we okay, so we've got the the uh, midget stuff, we've got the women stuff, we've got uh, incest. Can we get to the racist stuff now? Oh, oh, but <laughs> yeah. first, before we get to the racist, guess what we have to get to, Eamon? What? Room! Apparently, <laughs> apparently uh, he, okay, so Hermie Sadler and some other guy who I literally don't know who he is. Jordy Marley. Uh, and he placed in something, or he's gonna place in something. I don't. I just noted. I just noted. He's dot, really dot, good at turning left. Dot dot dot. I know nothing about NASCAR. <laughs> oh god! Like, if you ever wanted to not be inclusive, <laughs> this is a very This is a very Tennessee show. Oh man! Yeah, Hermie Sadler. Who ironically will make more appearances in TNA in the future? Many, many more appearances for many, many years. Yeah, way too many. Um, but yeah, they come out and they're they talk they're talking about being athletes. They drive cars. I'm sorry, <laughs> I I agree with K Crush here <laughs> because that's that's who comes out. I mean, I mean, Kay Cross is right. He really wanted to sort of educate people on the fact that, that wrestlers are athletes. Uh, he did so by saying, quote, we do arm drops, we do leg drops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I like how, how we automatically go to my type. We shoot basketballs. We throw touchdowns. I'm like, oh, oh, this is no. going. Okay. And then, then... If you pause it right there and do a quick scan of the crowd, mm. <laughs> he's, he's in the wrong neighborhood. So, <laughs> so, he's on the wrong side of the Mason-Dixon. So we, so Hermie Sadler basically starts to mouth off back at Kate Crush and talks about how you know uh, uh, t- uh, Nashville, Tennessee loves uh, loves uh, NASCAR. To which Mike Tenay just yells, "Testify!" <laughs> <laughs> Like, Jesus. if they love NASCAR that much, why are they at a wrestling show? Yeah. They should probably go see some NASCAR. <laughs> uh, and then, because you know, you know you're in Tennessee when someone from the Lawler family shows up. <laughs> I'm Mickey Mouse. <laughs> he, he didn't even bother to change his ring gear. Well, uh, also, they don't know whether to call him Brian Christopher or Brian Lawler. But yeah. they they have no qualms of saying, "Oh, you know him as Grandmaster Sexay." But but that's the thing. Mike Tenay calls him Brian Christopher, but Ed Ferrara keeps calling him Brian Lawler. Yep. That I think wasn't this the point where like they were really estranged, and he didn't want to be called Brian Lawler. Uh, <laughs> like he did. Like he didn't. Like he really didn't want to be known as Jerry Lawler's kid. I hope it was until that. Was it before and after? Before or after he released the song Jabroni? <laughs> uh, yeah, but and that and after that, uh, that's when Brian calls uh, K Crush your people. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I want to point out that Brian Christopher Lawler looks worse than every single legend they brought out earlier in the night. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Already, so yeah. After that, uh, we go to the backstage, and we're having uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jackie Fargo pull apart uh, for some reason. Uh, just... Because Jackie Fargo's the number one face in TNA. Yeah, actually, he was the most excited. You think I'm joking? <laughs> I'm not. That's just where we are. Uh, like, it's not even that they're pulling a name from WCW to be a number one face. That I'd be okay with. They're pulling a name from the 50s. And, well, the, <laughs> only, selling point, the only selling point of the whole thing is that Jackie Fargo was the, like, the originator of, like, the strut or whatever. Like, but Jeff Jarrett, like... No, no. And I'm sure someone strutted before Jackie Fargo too. I, I uh, yeah. I'd almost guarantee it. Uh. Right. We go back to the ring, and we have the Ducks of Stan and Bulldog with Club Dub versus Joey Matthews and Christy York. Oh no! I just, I just got the pun. <laughs> Bow and stand up. Battle, uh, stand up. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Well, that's great. This match happens. Yep. I literally I don't remember anything of it. I I think I was still shocked that a woman's name was Fluff. <laughs> like what conceivable like, world does like, that person get named? Hey, you know what? Let's bring a manager into this. Oh, but she's kinda just there for a side treatment. What should we call her? Oh, I know, Fluff. Because that's all the women are in this product. They're no. fluff. <laughs> They're fluff. They there's literally, li- there literally, literally are. There's literally like 15 women on this show. And I'm not even counting like the dancers. <laughs> like, But like none of them are actually competent, really. Hashtag, hashtag Divas Revolution. <laughs> uh, just, it was just awful. So after that third match of the night of this of this two hour long show, uh, we then get treated to a like a what feels like a five minute Toby Keith music video. And all right, I I'm not a country fan. Shocker. Um, that Toby Keith music video makes him look like a complete douchebag. <laughs> yeah. If you listen to the lyrics of that song, which I know you really shouldn't do with country songs, um, but the music video they showed is basically him rubbing it in someone's face that he's rich and famous now. Is that what the story was? I don't... I don't oh, yeah. I didn't pay attention The song's to that. called Look At Me Now, or whatever the fuck it was. Uh. But then... Oh, oh, and then. Not <laughs> only do we get a good, good portion of a Toby Keith music video, we get a fucking live performance. I just love a different song! The the Angry American. Uh, I, I just love that this show is called Total Non-Stop I, Action. And they're I, really selling I the just, whole night that it's, total it non-stop a- that it's Total Non-Stop Action. And we've had them talking to NASCAR guys and then like like what feels like ten minutes of music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I... 
I muted the TV at this point and just played the South Park song. Where were you when they built a ladder to heaven? Like that's basically it's basically the song is we're America and we're gonna kick your ass. Yeah. It's to get out of our country. <laughs> badoo badoo. <laughs> it's awful. And then James Surf came out with this fake gun. <laughs> I wish. That would have been amazing. Uh but someone does come out. Don't they, Garza? Yep, uh, Jeff Jerry comes out, uh, pushes Tony Keith, and talks shit. I don't uh, get this. Keith wants to fight. To, but Jeff Jerry, the most southern person on the show, hates Toby Keith. <laughs> I, I would also like to point out, I, I've been watching wrestling for a long time. This is the first time I was ever legitimately happy to see Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> the first time. It had to happen. It had to happen eventually. This is where it happened, because he interrupted a uh, country music star. Hmm. So thank you, Jeff. Yeah. He just wanted to start the match and win his title. Which brings us to the main event. <laughs> the gauntlet for the gold, everybody! The fourth match on this show. The I'd like to start out that TNA, TNA started with their title being vacated. That makes sense. Well, yeah, I get it. I, I, I get it. I, but I guess, but I, I, yeah. I think it's funny how far we've come. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. <laughs> ah, see? 15 years later, or 13 years later, title still vacant. <laughs> still vacant, yes. But, yeah. So who do we get starting off this this gauntlet? So number one spot is Jeff Jarrett. Uh, do you want me to run over the older names or one by one? Well, well, uh, uh, go go to the next one because after that person gets eliminated, I want to okay. note something. Number two, Bob Backwell. <laughs> <laughs> and number three, well, I was gonna say well, hold on. One. For Buff Bagwell, he comes out, and you know I. I hadn't seen Buff Bagwell in a while, and they said, oh, oh, Buff Bagwell, he was injured by Rick Steiner back in WCW, and guess what, you guys? Rick Steiner's in this match! You know, they're building up the commentary, they're building up feuds, they're they're establishing, hey, there might be a rival, and Buff Bagwell's eliminated. I, I, I love, uh, by the way, this is Buff Bagwell right off the cusp of being fired by the WWF because his mom called Jim Ross to complain. This is the part where things go awry again in the production. This is the part? Again. Because <laughs> Buff Bagwell gets eliminated. When he gets eliminated, the clock's at like 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then it resets back to 90. Yeah. yeah. And then someone else just comes out. Oh, and do you know who that someone else is, Eamon? Oh, is it the Raging Cajun? <laughs> Corporal Cajun himself, Lash LaRue! Uh... Okay, but that's the thing. So, Raging Cajun gets eliminated. There's still, like, 18 seconds left on the clock. And then someone just comes out! Like, they don't... They don't... Like, I think they thought that, like, the gauntlet match meant, like, if, 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 the, if everyone's eliminated, then you just bring out the next guy. Well, see, in a traditional gauntlet match, that is the case. <laughs> but, they... It's kind of like they realize this is going long. Yeah. And there are several points where I think they just realize, 
oh wow, we need to shorten this match. Like, oh wow, we just spent gave ten minutes to Toby Keith. <laughs> and uh, the fourth guy out is Apollo, right? No, fourth guy is Norman Smiley. Oh god! W- I... WWE Performance Center uh, uh, coach Norman Smiley. Former unofficial mascot of the Wrestling Mayhem Show, Norman Smiley. <laughs> yes. Uh, we got eliminated quite easily too. And that brings to number five, Gran Apollo. There it is. Um, who the fuck is this guy? He's, he's, well, they say he's from Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the IWA champion in Puerto Rico. Uh, he stay, I think he stayed in TNA for like a couple years. Like, until like they go to, like, Spike, I think. Honestly, oh. I did not recognize him at all. I mean, he's big. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. When I say yeah. that, I mean I mean he's big in size. Like, he never really did much. But uh, who do we have Next after one. that? Nuke's one we have uh, K-Crush, a.k.a. Ron Killens, a.k.a. a.k.a. K-Quick. A.k.a. R-Truth. <laughs> uh, nothing really noteworthy at this point because they're starting to pile up. Uh, after this, we have Slash with with uh, James Mitchell. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. Okay, so Slash comes out with James Mitchell, and then they're just like Slash, who, who they say used to be a WWF, but like I don't know who he was in WWF. Oh my god! All right, and I had that same note because I wanted to look it up. Uh, do you know who he was, Amen? Yeah. Was he like one of the headbangers? You know, I thought that. I thought that initially. It's worse. <laughs> Wolfie D. Oh, PG-13. Oh, okay. He's half of PG-13. But that's the thing. Okay, so he comes out with James Mitchell, and they're like, that's Slash, you know, which one member of James Mitchell's Disciples of the New Church. Like, you can't just introduce that out of nowhere. No, we, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> like, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think they accept a new church in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing, and then Jr. goes, "It's like that's not a church you would see. You know, you'd be going to on Easter Sunday." Did I say Jr. said that? I mean, you Don said Rex. Jr. I mean, Don oh, Rex. I want to hear Jr. do commentary on this. I mean, close. You're, you're in Oklahoma. But yeah, Don West. <laughs> um, but but yeah, uh, it's like you can't just introduce something like that, like with no backstory. Nope, you can't yeah. do that. Uh, so next, you bring up James Mitchell, like from WCW and all that stuff, like. Yeah. Are you saying that's continuing a storyline that he was doing in WCW? Because it's not. <laughs> uh, Next okay. spot. It's not Alberto, but he is called Bill Rios. Uh, <laughs> I know, my note says, hey guys, it's Scott Steyer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so wait. That wasn't really Scott Steiner, right? That wasn't really no, Scott no. Steiner. That person, they don't, they don't note this on commentary, is a former WWF wrestler. You know who he wrestled as? Scott Steiner. No. <laughs> Do you remember, uh, was it Phantasmo or Phantasmo or whatever? <laughs> yeah. the, the magician guy? Yes. That's oh. him. Oh, my God. And I looked it up on Wikipedia. This is the debut of like his the, of that like look and gimmick and stuff like that, which is just Scott Steiner. It literally is Scott down Steiner. To, yeah. Down to the Superman logo on his tights. Down to the fact that he does like belly belly suplexes, just like Scott Steiner. And the two toes. Yeah. 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 Are they shooting on Scott Steiner? Like, what is happening? I, 
My guess is... Oh, wait! Scott Steyer probably had already signed with WWE. Oh, maybe. Because Scott Steyer debuted at Survivor Series 2002. You know, I bet he had just signed. And and if you were supposed to be on this show with Rick Steiner... Oh! That had to be it. If you look at the TNA roster, you knew Scott Steiner was just a fit for that. Um, but yeah, it, it was the weirdest thing. I'd also like to point out, TNA ripped this off later with P.D. Williams. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah. This guy, never. this is the first time he ever does this look, gimmick kind of style thing, and then he never does it again. It, I, it was, I guarantee it was just to make people think that that's Scott Steiner. That, that Scott Steiner was in this match. What? It's one, it's one of those things you don't realize it's bad until you see it on the tape. It, it it was not it was not good. Like he was better at being fake Scott Steiner than Kane was at being fake Diesel. He was better at That's being true. fake Scott Steiner than Scott Steiner was at being Scott Steiner. Yeah, like he literally did the belly to belly suplexes like just like Steiner. Yeah, in other words, he didn't give a fuck if people landed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like I'm gonna throw you. You flip however you goddamn well want to. <laughs> Our next spot uh, goes to the most generic name in the tournament, I can call it, and it's Justice. The other uh, TNA original that's still around, because that's Abyss, basically. Yeah. No! Yeah. yeah oh, that's, shit, that's I didn't know that! Oh, my God. Okay, I did not... Because I was looking, I'm like, all right, we've had James Storm, and we'll have another TNA, TNA original in a few... No man. I'm like, I'm like, where the fuck is Abyss? And oh my god, all right. He won't appear as Abyss. He won't appear as Abyss for like another like I think like year and a half or something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I something looked vaguely familiar about him, but I couldn't place it. Jesus Christ. Yep. Okay then. Next name, next number. uh, Who I thought was the MVP of the whole comment? Conan. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I literally wrote. I literally wrote, Conan comes out, and I start to pray Pentagon Jr. is next. <laughs> <laughs> this was a young Conan who was doing flips, kicks, punch, and he was amazing. He, he, he was still bowdy bowdy and rowdy rowdy. Yep. <laughs> and he still did not know how to wear pants. <laughs> and I thought that they're just randomly trying to sell these like kind of mid-level people from like the you know, mid-90s or whatever, they're like, he beat Chris Jericho once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they won't stop with that, Eamon. <laughs> Next name, uh, okay, it's probably even more generic. Bruce. Okay, so... so <laughs> with jo- Jenny Lane. Oh, and with Joel Gerner. Yeah, and Joel Gerner. And that's why I noted uh, cat-fighting women, midgets, incest, racism, and now the Rainbow Express. Man, we got all the shitty parts of the spectrum covered. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a gay gimmick in Tennessee. Let's do it. <laughs> now, I... Like, they mentioned the Rainbow Express, yet we only see one member of the Rainbow Express. Well, no, oh, oh, that's the other uh, thing. Mentioned... That, that's the other thing that they said the Rainbow Express is Lenny... Well, Lenny Lane comes out with him, I believe. But they say the, Len, the Rainbow Express is Lenny Lane and Lodi. Right. But Lodi was injured, so Bruce is a replacement member. This is your yeah. first show! Like, why not just have Lenny Lane wrestle? 
People know who Lenny Lane is. Why not just say, hey, Lenny and Bruce are the Rainbow Express and not go, Lenny and Lodi are the Rainbow Express, but we have Bruce here as a replacement. Y- you've only had one show. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much wrong with this. Yeah, and I, I just noted, man, we are sure introducing a lot of teams and stables with zero backstory. Mm-hmm. It's almost like when I watched Ring of R for the first time. <laughs> You're like, who's these guys? Yeah, like, why does Red Dragon have a capital D and a capital R in their name? Hey, except with Red R, you can go back. Here we have no yeah, there's nothing. to go back. There's yeah, nothing there's to nothing. go back on. There's nothing. Yeah. Uh, next number, Rick Steiner. Which gets a good pop. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, his, his brother's already in the match, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we have Malice. Who, Who is, is supposed that? to be tag team of Slash? Tag team with Slash, also the Wall from WCW. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And Which also, he looks nothing like. like no, he, he doesn't. He's got more, now he's like tattooed out and then has like weird like, like 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 scraggly hair. Malice yeah. looks like a fusion dance of Sid and Tyson Tomko. A little bit, yeah. I was gonna say Sid and Gunner, but yeah. And he, oh, Gunner, well, I mean, let's be honest. Gunner is basically Tyson Tom. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say he kind of Malice kind of fell the same fate of Tyson Tom Co in life. But wait, Malice is in jail now? Well, he's dead. But. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, oh, wow! Just bring awesome. that down. Awesome. Also, Malice is what I like to call the match shortener. Because he literally comes in and throws out five people. I like. I actually didn't mind him. I thought they kind of selling him as like a important guy, and they kind of like, especially like later on. Like I, I kind of believe that. Yeah, like, I, mean, I bought into it. Looking at who was the last two, like it kind of makes sense at this point. I, I didn't know who Malice was at this point, but uh, at the end, I was like, yeah, I, I can see the hype in this guy right now. Well, I mean, given given the last five guys, that's really the only other one you could have had in there. Yeah. Because if you just had like a rematch from your WWF or WCW, what the fuck was the point of that? Uh, <laughs> hey, you could have had uh, Ken Shamrock versus Toki. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, before we get to Toby Keith, <laughs> we have a Chico Scott Hall, who actually looked in shape. He didn't look too bad. He didn't yeah. look too horrible. He looked pretty good. Well, was the, still, wasn't, uh, this, wasn't this fresh from... Uh, the NWO? No. No, no, just, no, yeah, you're right. Before. No, like, the NWO returning. Actually, yeah, he did, so this would probably be like right around the time he got released. Okay, yeah, because this is June, NWO, and then he probably got WrestleMania. And he wrestled at Mania and then got released like shortly after. Yeah. So maybe like a couple months? Yep. Uh, Scott Hall, then we have Toby Keith. Who makes uh, Mike Tanay mark out? Which is really okay. So they're confused whether to like he, the announcers are confused if he's like an actual entrant or if he's just coming in because the the buzzer hits and Toby Keith comes out, but nobody else comes out. So they're like, oh, Toby Keith's running the entrance. And Scott Hall is welcoming him into the ring. Like yeah. Scott Hall's <laughs> like, hey, hurry it up, man. Hey, here's your spot. <laughs> Okay, Toby Keith, and then we go to Wildcat, Chris Well, Harris. hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Toby Keith eliminates Jeff Jarrett. 
the only heal in the entire company to get a reaction. You can get that heat on a new guy or someone you want to push. No. <laughs> I, Just no. I slightly get it. Like, because I, I, I don't follow country, but I know Toby Keith's like supposed to be like a big, at least in country, like he's a big celebrity. Well, post 9-11, to- Toby Keith was huge. Yeah, and, I mean, and like... If you look at the, the, the song segment, he had the biggest pop of the night. Like, Toby Keith to country would be the equivalent of, like, I guess, like, Flo Rida. I don't know. Flo <laughs> <laughs> Rida to what? <laughs> what exactly? Flo Rida to Florida. <laughs> I'm trying to make a modern reference. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. But I, I still, like, I understand they wanted to have a big, big celebrity interaction. But don't have Toby Keith actually eliminate. Because Toby Keith, if he was a part of the match, he was technically never eliminated. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They don't know if he's a part yeah. of the match. And then like, I guess he's two not people a part come out. There's two people who come out in succession after him. And I'm, yeah, I'm, assu- I'm assuming that he, like, came out before Vampire Warrior was supposed to come out or something. And, like, basically took it... Because Vampire Warrior just comes out, you know, without without the thing yeah. going and him being announced. All right, can, yeah. we, can we not call him Vampire Warrior? You gotta... You can't call him Gangrel. can't call him Gangrel. Oh, fuck that. I'm calling him Gangrel. <laughs> I'm calling him... Vampire Warrior sounds like the worst show on the CW. <laughs> uh, but... Yep. But before, Va- before Gangrel comes out, Garza, Garza, who comes out? Wildcat Chris Harris. Braden Walker, baby! Okay, I literally note here, uh, this, I note that the wall, uh, to, spoil, to spoil a later entry, the wall, crowbar, Braden Walker, Gangrel, Razor Ramon, Ken Shamrock, and Grandmaster Sexy are fighting to be the NWA World Heavyweight <laughs> Champion. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, man. Yeah, because... Because after uh, Gangrel is Crowbar, right? Dangerous Devin Storm. Alright, um, <laughs> at this point I'd like to point out TNA has two people with the last name of Storm and mm-hmm. three people with the last name of Johnson. <laughs> They've had an hour into their show. <laughs> They've had an hour into their show already they're reusing names. Wait, did we say who they said the Johnson's names were? Because at yeah. the end of... At the end Rick of the match, and Rod. Rick and Rod. Richard Rod. Yeah. Rick and uh, Rod and Slick. Uh, who, who's next after? Who's next after Devin Storm, Tony? Oh, it's Mike's favorite commentator. Uh-huh. Steve Carino. Super kick! Super kick! <laughs> Fuck you both. <laughs> the, 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 fir- the first note I put. Carino better not grab a microphone or hit a super kick. <laughs> he hits like a boot in the corner. Uh, it's kind of like it. No, he kind of hit a boot in the corner. Watch that again. He missed completely. Um, uh, Steve Carino, like, and I didn't know he was going to be a part of this. And the minute he came out, I started laughing my ass off because I knew Mike was going to be watching this. <laughs> um, and then I also just noted Steve Carino at one point totally no-sells a punch from Scott Hall. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he's like in his own spot right now. He, like, goes off the ropes to do something. Scott Hall just punches him, and then he just decides to go, no, I'm going to no-sell it, and it throws and hits someone. See, the funny thing is, I actually like Steve Carino as a wrestler. 
I enjoyed his stuff as a wrestler, especially he, in ECW. He was out really of, good. Out of all the people in this match, he seemed the most like youthful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, like honestly, out of all the people in this match, he's the guy I would have wanted to win. Keep so in that, mind. That includes guys like uh, R Truth and Wildcat Chris Harris. Side note, uh, yeah, Steve. This is Steve Carino's first and last appearance in DNA. <laughs> yes, I think so too. And I'm assuming because he knows so that much. <laughs> okay, so after Steve Carino, out comes Cam Shamrock, which is great because in the beginning of the show they teased the whole big Shamrock Jared interaction and nothing. Yeah, I was, I will say. I, I mentioned like Steve Carino looking youthful. Shamrock looks pretty good in this. Yeah. Um, For the most phys- part. Physically, facial hair wise, not so much. Yeah, he's a little rugged. Well, he also uh, Mike Tanay keeps saying that he won the UFC Super Championship or something like that. Like, I don't think he like as for someone who's like the professor. I don't think that's what it's called, Mike. I don't think I don't, that, I don't that think point. that's what it was either. Yeah, that, I don't know to be honest. And. The last participant in this gauntlet for the NWA World Championship, the man we all were waiting for, Brian Lawler. I mean, Brian Christopher. <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I think at this point, I, I just I, I wrote a note. One of these guys is going to be NWA champ. These guys. <laughs> it, it, it just like, uh, I, I don't even know. Like, it's sad. So it's weird. sad. Like, like, they did not have one legit big name for this show. Their, their, um, biggest, their biggest name I, is Jeff Jarrett. Or Scott 2002, Hall. 2002, yeah. I guess, Cam Shamrock was still kind of big. And I, I, from all those guys, I think there were 20 guys, I think Cam Shamrock was the best option. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you could put it on Jarrett, but then you, all the heels like sweep the I'm, show. Honestly, I would have put it on Scott Hall. You think you could trust Scott Hall, though? <laughs> I don't think you have to. You can take it off him the next show. But I think the variety of Scott yeah. Hall finally winning a world title would have been better than Ken Shamrock. I I, I, I was shocked that Scott Hall even got like like cleanly eliminated in the, in the battle royal. Because every I'm sorry, like I get so you like anytime I see any of the outsiders or any of that stuff, I just you immediately go to creative control and you think like, oh, he's gonna, you know, whatever. But I don't know. Um, but yeah. Well, if, if you had to worry about that problem with anyone, it's Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. yeah. Well, the last elimination was Malice eliminating Scott Hall, and this takes us to the NWA World Title Championship match uh, with special guest referee Ricky Steamboat. It's Kem Chambrock versus Malice with James Mitchell. Which, by the way, Ricky Steamboat refereeing this now doesn't make any sense. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I, I guess the feud's with Jared's with Jackie Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I noted one positive thing about this this, this section. I said that that, that chokeslam cross-arm breaker counter was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I wish that was, that I wish that's how the match ended. <laughs> I, also, I also want to point out, Ricky Steamboat's a horrible referee. Oh, I did. I noted uh, Steamboat <laughs> is a terrible referee. At one point, he gives Shamrock a seven count in the ropes. Yes, and also, Malice grabs the ropes from an ankle lock, and 
Ricky's like, oh, no, no, you can keep it on. It's fine. Well, he, well, he like, doesn't know what to do, and then he starts counting, but then Shamrock's not breaking at five, so he just keeps counting. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually pulls Shamrock off. I like, think Shamrock thinks he's in UFC. But also, Steamboat should know. Like, he's he's a he's Ricky Steamboat. He's, he's well, one of the no, most respected wrestlers. No, I blame Ken Shamrock for this because I think he expected like he was doing the slowest goddamn count in history. Like one, two, like like you're gonna break right, three. You're gonna break this hold, right? Four. Unless you're it was break like, this fucking hold, right? But and, but like they they like showed some dissension or whatever, where they were like kind of like getting in each other's face. Like yeah. I would think that if you you would do that, you would at least get to five, and then you would pull Shamrock off the hold. Yeah. And that's when you would do the thing. But Steamboat keeps counting. I've always yeah. thought Ken Shamrock had some kind of PTSD when he was wrestling. I like that gimmick. Like, I like that he was on him, you know? Yeah. No, no, I don't think it was a gimmick, though. Like, I legitimately think that at some points he just forgot he was in a fake fight. Yeah. Um, I just note, I just note uh, the psychology of this part, this last part, ma- this last, like, match of the whole match is non-existent. Shamrock's the baby face, but Malice didn't get in any offense. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 you would think if Shamrock's the baby face and Malice, especially if he's this big killer... Like, he should be working over Shamrock, and, and Shamrock should be trying to fight up or whatever, but Shamrock just puts him in a bunch of holes until... and then hits him with a belly-belly suplex and beats him. But my note was that uh, this was pretty much a, a good small guy versus the big guy. Uh, so I kind of I understood why it wasn't just Malice destroying Shamrock, but I, I see what you're saying. Uh, the, the match lasted six minutes, and... <laughs> They did. The best they could, I guess. match. Six well, it was a gauntlet match, but... And, but yeah. I, here's the thing, is that you can make those kind of style of matches interesting, or you can just punch each other a lot. And this was yeah. one of the matches where they just punch each other a lot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I dozed off at the point when Conan came into the ring. I'm pretty <laughs> sure, I'm pretty sure like, I missed two entrances. It was just like, there's nothing going on. Yeah. Like, these guys are just waiting... For someone to come out and start eliminating people. <laughs> so yeah. Shamrock, Shamrock wins the belt, celebrating. There's pyro and stuff like that. Um, Steamboat raises his hand, all that stuff. And then we go to the announcers to like close the show, which is a thing TNA will do, which is I find really weird. Like the main event will happen, and then they'll go to Mike Tanay and Don West or whatever to like kind of wrap things up and be like, "Good night, everybody." Um, I just noted. We close with Ed Ferrara calling Malice the wall and then making a Special Olympics retarded joke. Good night, everybody. Yep, and he... Like, it was... He said it, and Mike Tanay legitimately sounded disgusted. Yep. Like, he was like, really? But that's that's not the end. That's not the end. Jeff Jerry comes out, and he's talking shit, which brings out Fargo and Keith. Jeff Jarrett is again saying the main event of this show was fucking stupid. Yeah. yeah. I still agree. <laughs> and uh, Fargo, since he doesn't want to get into Fargo because he's old, brings out Scott Hall. Red Shadow being eliminated. Uh, and then I just noted my last note here is, man, this really is the Jeff Jarrett show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 
my my last note is it's a good thing they never asked Ric Flair if he won a world title in a battle royal. Because <laughs> he did. Yeah. And now oh, I kind of want to look in TNA's history to see if anyone else has won a world title in a battle royal. Oh, I'm sure. Because I'm pretty yeah. sure they have. Um. Yeah, it, it's, it's been it's happened a lot. He's but yeah, here's the thing. Right? Is it any worse than winning a a title by hanging a by climbing a ladder and hanging a belt up? Actually, not really. Like it's a valiant way to win the title, technically. Like I get you're not pinning people, but like. The, you still have to uh, last, like yeah, you're 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 being a survivor in that instance. Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's not the weakest way to win a belt, like whatever. Um, but yeah, th- just going to that final note, this whole show really felt like the Jeff Jarrett show. And here's the thing, I'm usually okay with wrestlers who run promotions or book promotions or whatever, also being on the show as active competitors, it can be done really right, and it also can be done really wrong. And Jeff Jarrett takes up the focus of this entire show. It's always what he's doing with the Legends. It's always him, you know, Mad Mouth and Toby Keith. Like, he has, like, a total of, like, six or seven segments in the show. Like, yeah. there's six or seven segments that involve him. Even Jeff the ones Jarrett is Gucci. Even the ones where he's just like, I think they, when they interview Puppet or whatever, like he's backstage like kicking stuff around, pissed or whatever, like, like this show was all about him, and going forward it will continue to be all about him. Amen. Did you also note he was the only one who actually had music? Yeah, everyone had like. He was the only one who had a non-generic music, and yes, it's still. My world, my world. That was my Rachel promo. <laughs> it really, and also just, but just thinking back into like TNA history and realizing like this goes on, like Jared being the top heel guy, to like 2006 or seven. Mm-hmm. And like, when he's not the top heel, he's the top face. He's still the important guy. Like. Like it really defeats the like I. I think most people's commentary on TNA is like, well, Jeff Jarrett's okay, but Dixie Carter's the one that ruined everything because she doesn't know anything about wrestling. Like, it's clear that, like, there's also some major, like, issues yeah. here. Like, why... Uh, actually... I, I, why is Jeff Jarrett... The, I mean, behind the scenes, the guy who booked all this crap, the one on screen saying how dumb it is. Yeah. Like, if your heel character says it's dumb, and your heel character believes that he's right, there's probably some truth to that. It just, and also, like, even the, but it just feels like, and it feels like with Global Force Wrestling, like, this is kind of happening the same way. Like, during the whole stuff on the TNA thing, Jarrett was the focus. Jarrett and Karen were the focus of the whole Global Force Wrestling thing, not any of the people that were actually from Global Force Wrestling. Chris Mordeski wasn't the star. Justin Gabriel wasn't the star. It was Jeff Jarrett. I don't even remember Mordeski being a part of that angle. Yeah. I don't. Like, Jeff Jarrett, you... I, I saw he's way more important in wrestling history than he actually is. Part of me wants to believe that, like, oh, it's not true. Jarrett's, like, a nice guy. Jarrett means well. But it doesn't, like, this show reeked of just 
I'm the important one. Mm -hmm. Jeff Jarrett wanted to make a show where Jeff Jarrett was the biggest star. Because really, he never he never felt he had that in WWE, and, and maybe maybe we're wrong, but it just it reads like that so heavily, especially uh, with this show. Like the only person who got more screen time than Jeff Jarrett was the dancing cage girls. Yeah, even like the promos in the beginning with Shamrock and Hall, Jarrett always gets the last word. Like it's just little stuff like that. Like I don't to, know. To me, it kind of makes sense in this show because as we we're saying, like. There's not a lot of star power. I mean, when your other when your big stars are Shamrock and Scott Hall, I mean, Jared's not that bad because he's a well-known name in the, in the territory. Uh, I think the biggest problem is going to be in the next four or five years when he is actually the focus of, of the of the whole promotion. But see, uh, the thing is, like, you're starting off fresh. You can establish someone as a big star and not, like, these cameo guys. Like, it would have shocked me if Malice won. Yeah. Like, that would have that made Malice. That would have yeah. made him a big star, or even Mal Apollo. Mal Mal Malice sticks around for a little while after. So it's not like yeah. this is just a guy that you, you know, is a big guy that you use to kind of put over Shamrock. Malice is still going to be there next week. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you need to kind of build... If you're going to build him up as a monster... Like, yeah, and Shamrock isn't sticking around long. Yeah, like, it's it's so difficult. Like, Yeah, I mean, th this isn't like Terry Funk winning the ECW title. It's not like that at all. And I really don't think you needed a whole lot of legends in this case. Because if you looked, like, it, it's a... It's a fairly big building, but they don't even. There's a part where they cut to the camera shot in the crowd, and there's some empty seats. Like, they well, didn't even completely fill the building. I think the Legends thing was because they were affiliated with NWA. Well, yeah. you had the Legends thing. The Legends, where, where they're just on screen and not actually wrestling, I'm fine with that. But you have that, and you have. I know we kind of crap on him, but you have that, and you have Toby Keith. That can. That's st that's enough star power where you don't need mid-level WWF WCW guys coming in and taking over the show mm -hmm. and getting over on your seemingly Younger. original talent. Yeah, yeah. You have to consider that behind this is not exactly Jeff; it's Jerry Jarrett. That's true. So, so he's probably pushing for a lot of the. He's probably more in the I want to book Jackie Fargo than book AJ Styles in the main events, you know? So I, I think that's where the, the biggest disconnect is. I, I, I see a lot of promotions that usually start with nostalgia because they know big names draw. It's like it's like I like the internet the internet the International Wrestling Cartel. When they rebranded uh, this year, they went with Rhino and Tommy Dreamer. And, and now, they're, now they have transitioned to Jimmy Nuts, but they have to start with, with the nostalgia guys, with the people that that the crowd knows. And I also think it's just the mentality as well of, like, Southern wrestling. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I most of the indie, like, I maybe Inspire Pro is a little bit different, but, like, most of the indies here, like, the big draws are, like, people, you, people who are from WWE, people who you've seen on TV kind of stuff. It's not, like, top indie names, you know? Um, so maybe that plays into it. I just think, like, if this is your first 
shot. Like, if this is your first time doing something, I feel like they really did default to, like, hey, here's Grandmaster Sexy. Hey, here's Ken Shamrock. Here's Scott Hall. Yeah, it, it does seem like they just made a bunch of calls and whoever answered got the show. Yeah, and, I, I, and if you watch, like, the History of TNA DVD, which I think I've seen at some point in my life, that's basically how it happened. Yeah. And I, I think that the biggest uh, change that we can see is next week in the exhibition tournament. That's true. To I see actually, how they actually book those guys. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we. I don't know if you guys want to continue this series because I think <laughs> I think they have three episodes up now total. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want to look at next week's and see. Like, I, I just want to see where they go from here. I I think we might do this as maybe a once a month thing. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. That way, because if they're uploading them slow, like every couple of weeks or something like that, we'll give them a chance to keep back on so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, let us know. Uh, email us at goodtimesatwrestlingmayhemshow.com if you want us to keep doing this. Um, I think we might do it anyway because I'm really curious. I want to, I, I want to see what kind of a train wreck that lingerie battle royal is because I oh, think it's really bad. It's gonna be horrible, and I can't. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, um, was there any any other comments you guys had on the show before we uh, wrap it up here? I think I got all my hatred. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I just my my final note was that compared to twenty fifteen wrestling, like this feels really campy. Uh, a lot of penis and incest. I was gonna say again, again from one of my notes, we've come a long way, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hashtag Divas Revolution. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, Garza, where can the good people of the internet find you? Uh, you can find me at dwrestlingrevolution.com. Uh, where you can actually go and read my my notes that I have them posted, and you can find me at DW Revolution at the Twitters. All right, and Eamon, where can the people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Eamon Two Please. They can also check out the uh, wrestling organization I'm involved with, which is Inspire Pro Wrestling, uh, at Inspire Pro Reds on Twitter. Excellent, and I am at Mad Mike Four Eight Eight Three on the Twitter machine. Um, we'll be back with live tweeting probably next week because all of the shows this week are recaps. So, uh, yeah, look for, look for us on there. Next and uh, next week we will be back on WrestlingMamShow.com with our first show of 2016, episode 501, Like the Jeans. <laughs> yes, I don't know. I think we're all supposed to wear jeans that day. I haven't I haven't read the script yet. Um, but yeah, go guys, we what? are less than 30 days from the return of Lucha on the Yes, we are. Oh. And that's a good feeling. Oh, oh, Antonio, you just did my heart so good. Oh, <laughs> guys, next month, Lucha Underground returns. And hopefully we will get Mr. DeJoseph back to talk about Lucha Underground before it debuts so we can ask you a whole bunch of questions about that fucking trailer. <laughs> because we have questions. So many questions. A lot of questions. Yes. All right, uh, so for Amy Payton, for Antonio Garza, I'm Mad Mike, and this has been The Asylum Years. <laughs>